Also, after we're done recording, I need to show you something. Do you know how like your crush does something on your internet and you like your brain tricks you into thinking it was for you? Oh, have you met me? Said you know no better and you know no better and you know no better and you know no better than you do. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Don't Butcher It. I am here today with Kelsey J. Barnes, a music and culture writer based in Toronto and London, and also my internet friend of five years. <laughs> Kelsey, want to say hi and share your pronouns? Hello, my name is Kelsey. Um, she, her is my pronouns. And yeah, thank you for the lovely intro. <laughs> Everyone, Kelsey is super cool. She's been published in both print and digital publications like Shown Magazine, Tomorrow Magazine, ID, Lady Gun, Euphoria, Gigwise, MTV, Lock Magazine, Dear Damsels, and more. I actually just read her review on Taylor Swift's Evermore and Gigwise, so go check it out. She is also a contributing writer for 1883 Magazine, where she profiles musicians and actors for both print and online. And for those of you don't know 1883 is an independent magazine based in London so through 1883 she has profiled the likes of Irish singer-songwriter Dermot Kennedy Daisy Edgar Jones from Normal People Aza Butterfield from Sex Education and Hugo Dove Cameron pretty much which is a band and more so tell me where you're from because I know you're based in both Toronto and London so tell me what that's about because that sounds cool you seem so worldly um and I also just want to know in general what got you into writing so yes born and raised in Ontario Toronto I'm slightly outside of Toronto but it's one of those things where it's like I'm gonna like I'm going to tell you I'm from Toronto just because it's the explaining where I'm from is just <laughs> oh, yeah. oh especially to people who have no idea where it is and people exactly aren't. it's like oh where's that um <laughs> yeah and so born and raised here my mom's side my mom's from England so I have my dual citizenship um it's kind of splitting my time between the two places I, yeah when I was younger I wrote I mean I guess you would call it fan fiction I guess when I was little I wasn't like thinking of it like a fan right. fiction like I would have been like 10 like that wasn't really a thing maybe it was but like for me at 10 years old I'm like I'm just gonna write a, things about my favorite characters like Harry Potter and stuff like that um basically what really 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 got me into it was a breakup which I, I was just like I need something to work through everything that I was I was feeling and then that just kind of eventually segued into like going from like personal essays into more like culture music I was kind of getting sick of using my trauma for like clicks trauma yeah. is a loose word like I'm a, a white woman and I've, no like, no but I know what you mean you're like oh I went through all this stuff but also I know people are gonna want to read about it should I write about it yeah, like when I was first starting to write like on my blog, which I still have all the posts, but they're all private just because I don't need anybody to read any of that. I remember writing something on my personal blog. It wasn't like I was never ever rude about people. I was like being overly profound like you are at 21. And I remember writing something that was like, I was trying too hard to be deep. That's basically what it was. And one of the, the guy that it was about, like, messaged me. and was like, I read your blog. Like, it was traumatizing. I was like, I do not want this. You were like this, you were just, you came to a point where you did the thing and then you came to the reality of what it was, like, offline. 
I was getting like a hit of serotonin every time somebody would, would like like it and be like, this is so good. This is amazing. This really touched me. And then it took one, one, the guy that it was out to be like, I read your blog. I just want to make sure like we're still okay. And I was like, that should have been kept in my notes app. <laughs> like I just, I, I didn't need to parade this person around and parade our experience around to like make it worthwhile or make it like, like to validate me and how, how I was feeling. Like I didn't, I didn't need to do that anymore. And anyways, yeah, that was basically how I wow. got into writing. And then I was like, I'm going to go into more, more stuff that's not about me, basically. Yeah, for sure. Especially, and that, I mean, it's amazing that you get to write one about music because at the end of the day, like it, you're still writing about something that you experience and that you have a connection to. And the same thing goes with profiling people, at, mm -hmm. you know, so you get to still stir up emotions and use those emotions without it being centered around you and then having to deal with the emotional repercussions of that. I can't remember the writer's name right now, but she had an article that went viral. I think it was about having an STD or something and like went viral. And I think she said she got paid like $75 for it. And she regrets like, yeah, putting it out there. Wow. And everybody knows like this stuff about her. And she was yeah. like, I... I didn't even like make that much money off of my own shit. I well, I'm, now that we're talking about writing and publishing things on the internet and like other people reading your stuff on the internet, um, you came out with this article for Local Wolves last January in 2019, and it was called "Say La Vie," and you talked about imposter syndrome and you gave tips on like how to deal with it. How has your understanding of imposter syndrome evolved? And how have you, I guess, how have you gotten closer to capturing your truth in order to, I guess, deal with that imposter syndrome? It's so difficult. And I'm still struggling with it. Like I, me having, I've like had three covers on 1883, three cover interviews on 1883 this year, which some people I know would be very, very like proud of, which I am, but I'm like, I'm looking at other people like, and they have these bylines that I've always wanted and they were able to do it in 2020. And I'm like, how were you able to do this in 2020? Like I could have 50 people telling me that what I did was amazing. And I'm just like, but it doesn't feel, <laughs> it doesn't feel amazing when I'm looking at everybody else. What I've been trying to remember is that everybody feels like this, especially like creatives. Everybody feels like they could be doing better. Everybody feels like they could have written more. They could have had better bylines. They could have written that, piece about something specific that could have been applied to them I have that all the time like one recently I was like I could have written that and I could not not even like I could have done better it was just like I know I could have written that with that idea I just didn't think of it <laughs> and it kind of dive into my schooling as well because so when I was in high school I never really considered myself smart I never thought I would be smart enough to go to university in, in Canada we have like college mm -hmm. and, and then we also have university and yeah, I went, went to college, it was thriving, naturally I get into a relationship. I don't know why we did this. We like literally matched up our schedules. It was bad. Like, it Wait, was, I get it though. It was, was a college like, relationship? Yeah. And yeah. It was, like, my first big relationship. Like it was right. like, everything's amazing. And I remember I got an award for something. It was in a class where I actually worked on a group project with my then boyfriend and like a few of our friends. And I remember getting the award and that same night, he came to me with a ceremony and everything. I made sure to take pictures with my grandmother and mother without him. So I still had memories that did not right. <laughs> didn't have to drop him out. You were thinking awful. ahead, Loki. I'm awful. I knew that. 
Um, and I remember that night we went out for dinner and he was like, yeah, you probably wouldn't have got that award unless like I did the entire group project. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> yeah, isn't that awful? And how long did you stay with him for after I was that? Him for two- I was with him, oh, oh God, like at least a year. It's crazy the things we do when we don't even realize our own value. Yeah. And that's something that I like we, so we broke up in 2014 and that's six years later. And I still like, that still gets to me. Hurts you. Such a, such a, it was such a moment of imposter syndrome. I'm like, am I as smart as I thought I was throughout my time in college? Cause I was doing so well. I'm like, is it because he was helping me with my stuff? Like, which he really wasn't. Cause we weren't that we were involved, but not that involved in our, our actual schoolwork. So that shook my confidence. And then <laughs> And then we broke up, whatever. I take a year off school. And then I decide, fuck it. I'm going to be, I'm smart enough for university. Let's just, let's just fucking do it. Um, so I went to university, did really, really well there. But then now I'm dealing with, I'm kind of behind everybody because I was in university till I was 20, almost 26. So there's that age thing where I don't feel as ahead as I should be when I'm comparing myself to people my age and people younger. The The solution to getting rid of that is to literally just like stomp on and deconstruct any Mm -hmm. expectations but it's hard to do that when so many other people are still operating on those expectations so even if you know it's bs you're worried if the person you're interacting with maybe it's someone who you're pitching to maybe it's someone that you want to get to know but you're really intimidated by you're worried that like they're not going to perceive you the way you perceive yourself and like that's hard because you're trying you're trying to make it. You're trying to move forward in your life. And just because you're not on a, like this, the track you're supposed to be on, who literally, who made that up? I want to exactly. know. It's like a social construct that does not make sense. Like you need to be married by 30. I'm sorry. Is this the 1950s? Like I'm very stressed out about people that never leave the city they were raised in. If that oh makes sense. Like they, oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> like, like, I don't want to, I mean, obviously he's not going to listen to this, but like my little brother's friend is in his early twenties. They just had a kid, da, 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 which amazing for them. So happy for them. It stresses me out that he hasn't really been able to live, which sounds awful. Like I, I'm yeah. sounds back and forth with it. Cause why should I Im- enforce my own expectations on what life should be like on onto someone this, else onto this person but I'm like there's so much out there that you you should experience and learn from and grow from and I'm just like like I want to get the fuck out of my city like I don't want like I need I don't know no I agree too no I agree too it was almost like I'm I'm very uncomfortable with complacency and like complacency is a very when it comes to defining like personality trait or using it as a personality trait like it's very relative but Mm. for me one sign of complacency is like a lack of curiosity in a way and it's like and that's what I'm not saying that's that doesn't mean the person isn't curious but like as a person perceiving it that's what that looks like to me and the thing is like moving around going to a new place it is scary your curiosity has to be greater than your fear right Mm -hmm. and like I don't know it I once again I feel guilty but it also comes from a place of like but there's so many things out there and I would I it just you cannot miss out (laughs) you want yeah you want like it's hard because you want the best for people but like your best looks differently than their best how has dating and relationships helped you understand yourself better? How has writing about them helped you understand yourself better and what you want from someone? Something that I've 
I've always kind of um, attributed with writing is that it always makes me feel like my feelings are tangible. Like I can work with them. I can work through them. Noticing patterns of things that I keep allowing to come into my bubble. And like, I was reading quotes about State of Grace and like how State of Grace is this big booming song. And that lyric, love is a ruthless game unless you play it good and right. That like, that's just, that's love. That's literally love. Like I could, that, nothing else needs to be written about love. I just read that and I'm like, that's, yeah. It's kind of meta in the way that you're living your own life and then you have this relationship, which is like its own life within your life. Mm-hmm. And just like you're playing life as a game, you sort of have to maneuver and navigate and figure out. You're playing cat and mouse con- constantly with like your own, like how you're acting in this other life and how you're acting in your own life and how those two things connect. Cause like something that I've made like my, social media bio for so long is that like I'm not a cool chill girl because I'm not I've never been I've never been chill about anything I have a very obsessive personality it's why I bought a, a baby Yoda toy today because I'm obsessed <laughs> with baby like it's I just that's if I'm in love with someone I will be in love with them probably forever yeah like unless you like <laughs> unless really, you really mess with me yeah unless yeah, you do something like, horrible for me to fall out of love but like and and even even this, like, that guy that I've seen earlier this year, like, I made, I, I thought I was doing everything right, like, I was setting all these boundaries, I was doing all of these things, like, my big thing is, like, I don't have sex with people unless I'm dating them, like, that's boundaries, and even then, like, I was making all these boundaries, but I still wasn't getting what I needed from this other person, like, he was emotionally unavailable, he just, he was, he was respecting my boundaries, but I still wasn't getting what I needed out of it, and I, it took me months to figure like to be like no like I'm just I'm getting I'm getting dust from this person when like I need more I need more it's been interesting to spend 2020 kind of reflecting on that and kind of that even I I can put so many boundaries on like on myself to protect myself and I can still get fucked over and I can still feel really really sad how have you been able to balance like this is the way I'm supposed to I want people to look at my art I want people to read my stuff but I also know people are only going to people gravitate towards a certain thing a certain Mm -hmm. something and they're so how have you balanced like I just want to write this thing because it's important to me or I just want to write this thing in this way because I'm doing it for an assignment and I love it with but I also really want people to read this so an example is my piece for ID. I, I wrote something about close friends and how like LGBTQ people are using close friends to like come out and talk about like their own shit. And I remember I posted like a selfie of me in like a bathrobe and I had like a face mask on and like being authentic, <laughs> which like got a lot of engagement. And I'm like, oh, wow, is this like, is this how I'm supposed to like market my work? I'm supposed to like tie myself into it instead of just being like an observer outside mm-hmm. of it. I don't, I don't, po- it's weird because I don't post a lot of my work on like my actual feed which I'm I'm wondering I'm like is that me like not wanting to wreck my aesthetic because it's not like I don't want to post a screenshot like I I, and I hate it I hate it yeah like I hate me too. like that like it's, and I'm like do I need to post a picture of like some flowers and then the next picture be like you know like the slideshow right. thing that you can do and I'm like should the next picture be then a a screenshot so when it, people go on my feed it looks like what's right. wrong and, and exactly but you also can't <laughs> stop yourself from thinking that way because your mind is programmed that way because that's how you've been interacting on the internet for so long and this separation of your writing from that sort of like influencer based mm-hmm. way of gaining traffic 
it's it's hard because you want traffic you want people to read your stuff but also you want them to read it because of the thing it is not because you're hot or like you're so cool and you're so even though that is a part of it it's just it's hard like i don't expect you to have an answer because like all i want to know is like am i the only one feeling that oh my God, no. <laughs> but it's, it's hard too because you go to other people's pages and like they'll post a screenshot and it gets a lot of engagement and you're like i i know for a fact if i was supposed to screenshot of like an interview that i did it would not get any engagement people would be like i'm not interested in this like if i was supposed a screenshot of an interview I did, I would, I would probably get like 50 likes, which why am I using 50 likes to valid? Like, Oh, it's that piece right. not good. Only 50 people. Right. Like you're people. like, but also why did I just say that? It doesn't matter, <laughs> but it, that's the whole thing. It doesn't matter to you, but it matters to other people and other people. Exactly. Are the ones reading and that's, it. and that it makes me like insecure and it shouldn't make me insecure that people are going to go to my page, see only see 50 likes on a piece and be like, Oh, this girl's loser like, <laughs> 50 likes. like who cares i mean look like, at who? orion carlotta you know orion carlotta yeah right? like what the hell? i forget that she's a poet all the time because she's beautiful she has great taste um she you know works with brands like cartier and then yeah. you know she comes out with a poetry book but i'm also asking myself are people buying the book because of her poetry or be because of her feed you know and i'm sure she's asking herself that very same question too and there's probably a part of her that's like okay, like I'm seen as a poet, but I also love fashion and I also am an influencer, but I also love being really funny on TikTok and being goofy. And I think that, I think the overarching issue is that social media has just promoted this idea of, or this expectation that we're supposed to be static. And you're all, you're like, we're multifaceted people. Like even today I tweeted something about Star Wars because I'm a nerd. Like I like Star Wars. Like I, again, I'm, a, I get obsessed about things. And I, I was thinking like before I hit like send tweet, um, <laughs> I was thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my God, but like people don't really follow me for like, like nerdy stuff. And I'm like, wait, why a- do I hear? Yeah. Like who cares? Like if, if I lose five followers from it, fuck that. Like, that's- bye. Like you're not supposed to be here anyway. And that's, that's something that, um, I, I, somebody said to me or I read a few years ago being like, I don't mind when people unfollow me because I was having like people unsubscribe from my newsletter. The people that unsubscribe from you, they're not the people that are, are interested in your story anyway. So like, let them go. Exactly. No, they don't want to see you beyond their own expectations of who you're supposed to be. So why would you want those people to engage with you anyway? Exactly. I have a saying where I love to stalk my crushes on social media. I love to look at what, who they're following. Um, if I don't do it, my friends will do it. I like, even if I'm like, girl, please do not tell me, I will know the timeline of who this person has date possibly dated or had sex with up until me. How, what is your, what is your, even though we both do it, we're allowed to have an opinion on it. And I say we both do it because you're nodding. (laughs) What is your opinion on that? Having access to crushes on social media? My opinion is if I didn't have access to my crush on social media, they wouldn't be my crush. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it, 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 it continues the cycle of obsession, not as obsession, well, maybe for me, obsession, but like attachment. No, uh, definitely. And like, you build it up in your head and you're like, they're actually not even the, the, the guy that I've seen earlier this year. I'm like, you're not even as great as I thought you were. <laughs> Literally. You know what I do? I'll hype them up because I'm looking at them on social media and then I'll see them in person. I'm like, wait, why am I not that excited anymore? 
they're like it's kind of boring literally my favorite is when like you're on a date with somebody and you they're telling you stuff and you're like yeah i already know that from your facebook that i learned like 10 years later like i know all of your ex-girlfriend's names so when you talk about her i have to pretend i don't know who she is it's It's so yeah i'm i'm very obsessed with like i just like learning about everybody knowing but like it's probably the nosiness in me i just want to know i just want to know everything i'm fascinated with other humans which is probably why we're writers too yeah and you just want to know why somebody is the way they are up until like when you meet them like where have they been like the guy i was seeing earlier this year he just got through a breakup so obviously i like went through all that and because it was kind of long distance there wasn't even like i was i was creating this world about him um that didn't exist because he wasn't around for me to kind of like for for him to actually tackle that and refute that and like talking to your question on social media is great because you know what you're getting yourself into but at the same time it kind of perpetuates idealization of the person and it's just it's like it's a kind of un- like you said unfair because then they don't have to have any input on any exactly. of the things any of the opinions you're forming on them like and i that, wouldn't want somebody yeah. to do that to me no like, i would hate that do you know no, he used to no. write for, he was an editor-in-chief of okay he okay not him oh my gosh he goes <laughs> he went on a he went on a two-day date with me and then ghosted me and i i would t- I, I was hey. yes in a row men are so weird i like, know and then he ghosted you? me and then i would try to talk to him on social media and engage with him and like i would just obsess over him all the time and he would never engage back so i just freaked out and blocked him on everything and then i was like wait what if he noticed that i blocked him on everything and then i unblocked him on everything my thing is a soft block, a block, and then unblock. I'm like, you don't even deserve to follow me. You're right. It's a soft block. I did, I did a, I did a hard block and turned it into a soft block. But that's just, it's just the whole thing of like, even though he had ghosted me, I was still keeping in touch with him through social media, which was per- perpetuating that cycle in my head. Yeah, and it's like, who even is he? Because you're not. It's not even like you're speaking to him. Like it's, he's just an enigma. I mean, you know him. Like you've seen him in real life. But when you're crafting a narrative around of somebody by pulling information from their social media like who even are they i i worry when people meet me in real life that i'm like not as like cool and interesting as they stop you're even better and that's that's not that's not me like asking for right absolutely my ego or anything i'm just like it's hard because i don't i don't think of myself as cool i just am who i am which sounds again sounds super cheesy but like it's i don't i don't think of myself as being cool so I always worry when people meet me in real life because they've crafted this idea of me from social media and I'm mm-hmm. like I'm not who you think I am <laughs> what I ask everyone who comes on here uh it's advice but specifically for you Kelsey I want to know what advice you have for artists in order for them to get to know themselves better and form a better relationship with their art a lot of it is like reading other people's work that i really admire and not in like a jealous way in a way that like i'm feeling seen i'm feeling heard i'm feeling like i could do this not in the same way but but differently and and have it actually impact people like that's like there's a writer in particular um from london her name's dolly alderton she should be big in america in my opinion but um she i mean it's very much like white girl problems like and I, I never want to be somebody, I don't want to be like the next Dolly Alderton. Like, that's not my goal. My goal is to be Kelsey J. Barnes. I don't want to, you, you don't, 
comparison is, is the thief of joy. Like that's, that's mm-hmm. the main, the main thing for me. That's something that I'm repeating to myself every single day as I struggle with imposter syndrome. Absolutely. It's important to, to pull and like follow the writers that you're interested in and the filmmakers that you're interested in, the musicians that you're interested in. There's a reason why their work is resonating with you. Don't replicate it. Just take the essence of it, the spirit of it, like you said, and, and put it through, through your own work. That would kind of be my advice. Thank you, Kelsey, for coming onto my show. And before we say goodbye, please, would you like to plug your social media so people can follow you? I would love to. I'm at Kelsey J Barnes, K-E-L-S-E-Y-J-B-A-R-N-E-S on Twitter, Instagram. My website is KelseyJBarnes.com. It was so nice talking to you. And thank you for coming on my show. And the fact that everyone listening to this gets to experience us meeting for the first time makes me really happy because this was just great. They are so blessed. They are so lucky that they, this they is are. like, this is history in the making, my friend. Bye everyone. Bye Kelsey. Bye. <laughs>